It's something for nothing, the Rush Fan Cast. Steve and Jerry here with you. Jerry, hello. Hello, how's it going? It's going great. You can follow us on Twitter at Rush Fancast, Instagram. We are the Rushcast. Email Jerry, the Rushcast at gmail.com. He loves your emails. Rate us on your favorite podcast app. We really appreciate it. And, you know, we usually do Twitter polls at the beginning of our episodes. But you don't have any? Well, you know, we had the interview with Nathan Santos. We had our Inbox Rebellion episode. We had episodes where we weren't talking about albums. True. So I don't have a lot of Twitter polls to throw at you. Okay. So uh, I think we're just going to get right into what we came here to do. And what we came here to do was get a little bit of a millennial perspective on Rush. Sure. Because as you know, you are old. (laughs) and I am old and our perspective on rush is from the perspective of a 50 year old. That's true. So we thought it might be good to speak to some people who are younger than us. So we decided to reach out to a couple of guys who have that perspective. We'd like to welcome to the rush fan cast, Ryan and Alex. They are the administrators of the at rush fans, Instagram page, Ryan and Alex. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. Uh, first, why don't you tell us how you started the Rush Instagram page, uh, how that came about, and how it's got to where you are right now? Absolutely. So, uh, this Ryan here, I created the page uh, back in early 2013. Uh, at that time, I had gone to three Rush shows: one on the Time Machine tour, or excuse me, two on the Time Machine tour, and one on Clockwork Angels. And I had been sharing concert photos of the great experiences that it was having at the shows and rush didn't have an Instagram page at the time. So I thought what better way to share my photos as well as potentially share other people's photos on a, a fan page type of uh, page on Instagram. So I created this page to share mainly photos from, from concerts, but it kind of turned into what it is today where we're, sharing everything rush uh we're having contests we're doing roundtable type discussions uh it's become a pretty fun type of thing i was originally going to call it rush fan page but i had thought about that a couple times and decided to just call it rush fans to kind of incorporate all of us as a whole so it was a means to kind of collaborate with other rush fans get to know other rush fans and so on and so forth to to really just keep Rush alive because at that time, 2013, I mean, we kind of knew that, you know, the band was sort of coming to an end, but we just didn't know when. So I really wanted to just kind of keep that alive. And early on, I had been hashtagging everything with Rush and trying to grow the page to the point where we accumulated probably, let's say, a thousand followers. And I thought, let's expand on the the rush hashtag because if you if you search for anything rush you get things from from rush limbaugh to rush movies rush sports teams anything with the word rush so i actually thought of using rush has assumed control uh as oh, a that's play you? On, that was me that <laughs> i use that all that. the time <laughs> yep yep so that was i wanted something unique to collectively share photos right, right. and hashtagging was becoming the thing at the time so everyone was doing it so i just put out there let's start using the hashtag rush has assumed control because i didn't want to use we have assumed control because then it wouldn't necessarily uniquely be to rush could be anyone who wants to assume control exactly <laughs> so 
so we used Rush as assume control, and now that that hashtag. I mean, if you click into that, that's probably got over. The last time I checked, it was over five thousand. It's probably close to ten thousand. Probably half of them are ours, but uh, <laughs> so that kind of evolved. The page itself kind of evolved to the point where uh, you know I had just graduated college in in twenty fifteen, so I was kind of going out in the world and taking my chances. So <laughs> I, I kind of didn't have. Kind of didn't have as much time anymore, so I recruited uh, Nick and Patrick to help me kind of do what I was doing, just share photos and, and things like that at the time. And then it kept the page just kept growing even more to where I recruited Alex, who we have on now, uh, as well as Kate and Chris. Uh, so there's six of us in total. And quite honestly, I mean, these guys myself and and the the five other admins i mean we've become friends through this and you know we talk almost every day so it's it's pretty fun so you did you guys didn't know each other before you joined for this we did not wow no we didn't know none of us knew anyone we've kind of just become become friends through this long distance type friendship so it's it's pretty cool alex how did you uh first get into rush um well, one of the earliest recollections for me was I discovered uh, Tom Sawyer through Futurama. Like, there's a really <laughs> fun episode that incorporates um, a snippet of Tom Sawyer. And then I asked my mom, because she was into like music from like the 70s and 80s and stuff like that. I was like, hey, mom, what's that? She's like, oh, that's Rush. I was a big fan of it back then. I saw them quite a bit through the 80s, and that's, sort of, that's how I sort of started to gain interest. But then the second instance was um, I heard One Little Victory, in a video game. Wow. That I was playing at the time. It was a it was Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Two. <laughs> it was featured in there and fun fact, uh, Vapor Trails is actually the very first rush album I ever bought. Like long before I was a proper music obsessive. But yeah, who'd have thunk? That would have just um <laughs> was very influential on me. Interesting. Is that your favorite album? Uh it's one of my favorites actually. I really dig Vapor Trails. Yeah. This is so fascinating to me because you know we Jerry and I were talking about how we connect with power windows because that mm-hmm. came out when we were young and we were curious if millennials feel the same way about the later albums. And it, it seems that, that you do. What about you, Ryan? What's your first experience with rush and what album do you connect with the most? Well, I'll, I'll tell you off the bat, my, my favorite albums, power windows as well. Oh, wow. Uh, believe it or not. So I, I do connect with clockwork angels quite a bit uh, because that was, I got into rush in, uh, 2007 and this is a very random way to get into rush but i was playing cards with some high school buddies uh at my parents house and my one friend was playing music from his from his flip phone or whatever at the time and fly by night came on of all songs and not not tom sawyer or limelight or anything fly by night comes on and i said to my buddy i was like what is that i go that's kind of good and he says this is no, there's not not a quote, but something along the lines of this is just some weird band rush that uh, I like this one song called Fly By Night. So I was like, <laughs> I okay, said uh, one song, just one song he had by Rush, <laughs> Fly By Night. So I and that was in the fall. So I had asked my mom to buy me a greatest hits album or, or something along those lines. So the first actual album that I owned was. Uh, I believe it's called the spirit of radio greatest hits and it had like 15 or so songs on it uh-huh. uh, and, and really got hooked there. And then I bought the next greatest hits album, which was rush gold is what it was called. And that had some of the same songs, but some extra, uh, some extra songs, some 
the Analog Kid and uh, I think Mystic Rhythms was on there. Some little bit lesser known songs, uh, but still popular. Uh, and honestly, so I got into Rush around 2007, 2008-ish. Uh, so I had missed the Snakes and Arrows tour and couldn't get excited for Snakes and Arrows coming out, right? Because I had already missed that uh, release year. Oh, wow. So when Clockwork Angels was set to come out in 2012... I, that was the first album I was really able to kind of get excited for, you know? So I had that kind of same connection to Clockwork Angels. That's probably one of my favorite albums, especially uh, towards the later years. So Now, you guys didn't tell us how old you were. I'm sorry. Ryan and Alex, how old are you guys? I'm 26. And I just turned 24 not too long ago. Wow. So, Happy birthday. Thank you. Appreciate it. So Clockwork Angels really is the first Rush album that came out while you guys were fans. Essentially, that's correct. Yeah. That's amazing. That's just amazing to me. So, Ryan, you said you started the Instagram page in 2013. Is that correct? Yep. Early, I think, February 2013. So I was I was three tours deep uh, in my Rush career or whatever you want to call it. I had three, three more Rush shows after that. Uh, and I, I say, unfortunately, when I tell people that I've seen six Rush shows, because, of course, I wish I had seen more, especially on R40. But We wish we had seen more, and we've seen a lot. Now, you guys are from New Jersey, correct? Correct. Where, where are you guys? I'm upstate New York, Albany. So I saw them. Uh, Alex, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell them. Oh, yes, I'm from um, Atlanta. Okay. So yeah. did you guys see R40 at Prudential? Yes. Yes, we did. So I was there. Oh, okay. Um, and and I I told a I told a funny story on uh, our Rush roundtable uh, that we just posted uh, on Rush fans a few nights ago. That when I was there at R40 at Potential, how it is came on the song how it is in the in the first set. Mm-hmm. And I'm a pretty big fan of that song. And so of course I was I was in the lower bowl uh, or the you know, not not on the floor, but the lower bowl, the larger bowl. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I was so I was I was Alex side, and I was standing and I was rocking out to how it is, and someone behind me tapped me on the shoulder and told me to sit down Oof. because I was apparently blocking their view. Uh, and it wasn't me. That always. <laughs> That, yeah, yeah, I was going to ask you guys, was it you? No, <laughs> no, no, it wasn't us. <laughs> that always, uh, that always kind of stuck with me because it's kind of like, I don't know, Pat, one of the other admins, said there's kind of always an unwritten rule of, of concerts that if someone stands up in front of you, you just kind of stand up behind them. Yeah, of oh, course. totally. Yeah. I was I was courteous enough to let the seat go back and kind of sit on the on the edge of the seat uh, in a way. Uh, so I kind of, now I am a short person anyways, but uh I ended up after the first half, I just went over and, and a buddy that I actually met at the Connecticut show in uh, Uncasville or Uncasville, I don't know how you say that, Mohegan Sun on Clockwork Angels. We were at that, that one too. too. Yeah, yeah, we were at that okay. one too. <laughs> so I had actually Small met world. a buddy. Yeah, yeah, really. Uh, and I actually saw Clockwork Angels on at Prudential as well. So that, that Mohegan Sun show was such a weird venue, man. It was. It was cool though. Yeah. It was strange. Agreed. It was probably the s- smallest place I've ever seen them. It was great. It was different. Uh, it was different. But I actually went over and, and sat with my buddy Michael, who was in the section next to me at after the second half, and he I, I met him at the at the show in Connecticut. So uh, that was pretty cool. And, you, and did you both stand up? 
as tall as you we could. We both were standing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we both were standing. And actually, both of our mothers were at, uh, were with us at the show. So that was kind of cool, too. Wow, that's great. Uh, so now, were you guys at Madison Square Garden as well? Because I saw them at yeah, Madison Square Garden. I think we were. Yeah, I think we were probably at all the same shows you were at. I think that was That's the, funny. the last one, right? The Madison Square Garden show? Yes, yes. Was that the, the final tour, you mean? R40. I saw them. No, they, yeah, they did play They did play MSG on R40, but I saw them. I didn't see them MSG on R40 because it was a Monday night. Uh, I saw them at Prudential. I think it was a Saturday. I saw them at MSG and Time Machine Tour in 2011 in April. Mm-hmm. So We might have seen that, too. I'm not sure. But, yeah, six shows unfortunately wow <laughs> and how about you alex how many times have you seen rush i saw rush uh, six times as well but um some different we actually i did see rush um two of the shows i saw were the same ones that ryan went to both in uh, saratoga springs up in new york uh, but yeah i saw them six times i saw them first time was actually the snakes and arrows tour which um i saw that with my mom which was a cool experience because um i don't know if you all remember this but um snakes and arrows actually opened in atlanta so i was there to witness the live debut of all the Snakes and Arrow songs that got played, plus Entree New, which was pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. And then, yeah, I saw them once on Time Machine, again, up in Saratoga Springs. I saw them twice in Clockwork Angels and twice in R40. So, yeah. Wow. Pretty cool. So the Saratoga Springs show in 2010 on Time Machine, Kate, our, our lady admin, uh, who lives in, I think, Alex, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's Kentucky, it is uh, Kentucky. Was there as well at the same time. And again, we didn't know each other, but just small world how things kind of come full circle. So it's pretty cool. Now, you say you have six admins. Have you guys ever met at all other than on the group chat? We have not. We're trying to set something up for this yeah. summer, actually. Now, one more quick question about the Instagram before we get into the topic we were going to discuss today. Did you ever possibly imagine in your wildest dreams you've had 28,000 followers? Not a chance. That's crazy. It's it's insane. I mean, when I first started the page, I it was kind of private to me. I didn't really tell friends, family, anything other than I think my mother, because my mother, and she's probably going to listen to this podcast, so I'm going to give her a shout out. Uh, we went to five shows together. That was kind of our thing. Wow, that's great. So, hi, mom. Uh, but. Yeah, I mean, when I started it, it was really just kind of a private thing, and, and nobody knew who I was doing it. You know, I, I never really revealed myself or anything like that, but now people, like, know us, and uh, we've we've kind of revealed our own, our own personal Instagrams and revealed a little bit about us and things like that. But no, I mean, it started as, as just a small way to share photos of my favorite band and and my heroes, really, and it evolved into... 28, 29, almost 29,000 followers where we're doing petitions to keep Sirius XM to uh, keep the Rush Tribute channel on and all this other stuff where we're just, it's nuts. I mean, it's crazy. It's absolutely nuts. And one of your followers is the official Rush Instagram page. Yeah. Uh, Alex pointed that out to us yeah. as a group. <laughs> it, it, shocking. Uh, very, very shocking. And I'll tell you one, one other thing that's kind of cool too is Neil's personal security and uh one of the guys that travels with him his name is michael and i i believe his last name is mossback it could be uh pronounced i think that. that's right he actually was following us for a while too and he he had reached out to us and we were talking to him and and this was after i believe this was after our 40 so we were kind of checking in 
with him and you know he was kind of just giving us some stories and, and some cool things but the fact that rush follows us was we didn't even i mean because we have so many followers every single day i mean we can do followers all the time so we can't keep up with who's following us but when we figured that out that the actual rush page is following us we were kind of like you know holy crap that's uh that's cool never did i imagine that <laughs> so do you guys have more followers than that page does no no we have <laughs> no not even close we did when they cre- first created their rush page <laughs> <laughs> they've blown you out of the water since then though huh yo yeah they're well over a hundred thousand followers now so so when we reached out to you guys, we decided that the topic we were going to discuss today is songs that Rush never played live, and also what songs we wish we had seen them play live. Correct? For sure. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. Sounds about right. So why don't we start by actually reading the list? I'll read the list. That's a great idea. Of songs that Rush never played live. And this is from Reddit. Am I correct, Ryan? This is a Reddit list. This is a list from from Reddit, yeah, and it's been it's been edited uh, kind of throughout the years to to present. So okay, yep. All right. So from the first album, the only the only song they've never played is "Take a Friend." From "Fly by Night," we've got "Making Memories" and "Rivendell." "Caress of Steel," I think I'm going bald, and "The Fountain of Lemneth." Twenty one twelve, as you would probably guess, "Lessons in Tears" were never played live. Farewell to Kings, Madrigal, is that how you say it? Sure. I think so. <laughs> Permanent Waves, Different Strings, Power Windows, Emotion Detector. From Hold Your Fire, there are four songs from Hold Your Fire, Jer. Your favorite, Ty Shan. Ooh. Second Nature, High Water, and Open Secrets. From Presto, we've got Chain Lightning, Red Tide, Hand Over Fist, Anagram for Mongo, and Available Light. Wow. Which I'm surprised That's by. That's a lot. Yeah. Roll the Bones, we've got Face Up, The Big Wheel, Heresy, Neurotica, and You Bet Your Life. From Counterparts, Cut to the Chase, Alien Shore, The Speed of Love, Everyday Glory. That's four. And Test for Echo, four songs, The Color of Right, Totem, Dog Ears, Carve Away the Stone, Vapor Trails, Peaceable Kingdom, The Stars Look Down. Vapor Trail, Sweet Miracle, Nocturne, Freeze, and Out of the Cradle. Wow. Wow. Well, there are a lot of songs on that album, too. Yeah, yeah. There's 11 songs on that record. Snakes and Arrows, Bravest Face, Good News First, We Hold On, and Clockwork Angels, because they basically played the whole record. Yeah. B-U-2-B-2. That's that's that little short kind of instrumentally almost thing at the end. segue track. Yeah. So I thought a cool thing might be for us to just each pick five of those songs that we wish we could have seen Rush play. What do you think? That sounds good to me. You want to start, Jer? I'll start, yeah. I would. I think top of the list would be The Fountain of Lemneth. Oh, totally. That's a great That's one. That's definitely my one of my favorites. Now, I don't know if you guys heard, we talked to uh, Skip Daly and Eric Hansen who wrote Wandering the Face of the Earth, and they confirmed for us that there, there was a rumor that they played the Fountain of Lemneth once. I was just going to say that. They confirmed for us that that did not happen, and I, I kind of trust their judgment on this. Okay. But what do you guys think? That would have been a great song to see them play. Yeah. I think definitely during the 70s, I think that would have been really, really cool to see live. I think it just would have been great if they just opened up with it. That would have been like the craziest. But thing from Rush's perspective, you can see why they didn't, though, because imagine what planning it would have taken for them to, to pull that together live. Yeah. 
totally. Oh, totally. I can see why they probably left that out. Kind of makes sense. Am I still going? Yeah, you're still going. I would say, of course, my one of my favorite, favorite, favorite songs, Anagram for Mongo. Okay. And Hand Over Fist. Hand Over Fist would probably be on my list, too. Yeah, what do absolutely. you guys think? Interesting. Interesting those are like two of my least favorites from Presto, actually. Really? I love yeah. Anagram for Mongo. Oh, my God. I would second that. Jerry's really into the wordplay on that song. Oh, sure. Oh, totally. It's certainly pretty unique songwriting, but it's... Yeah, it's very clever. Uh, yeah, I mean, Hand Over Fist is a pretty fantastic song. I think that could have definitely worked live as well, but... And then I'm going to round it out with uh, The Stars Look Down. Oh, good pick. That's a great one, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a great one. How many is that that I say? Uh, I think that I think that was five. <laughs> that was five, I think, right? I think that was five. Why don't, why don't yeah. we why don't we let Alex go next? Alex, what do you think? Oh, sure. Okay. Um, the top one for me is Different Strings from Permanent Wave. To me, that song oh, is yeah. the single most underrated Rush song in my opinion. Like I adore that song. I wish they played that live. Now here's here, I'm going to throw something in before you get to the next one. Yes. Wouldn't that have been cool to see them do different strings on the Clockwork Angels tour with the string section? Yeah. That would have been cool. That would have been pretty cool, actually. I was thinking the same thing. A lot of the songs on my list, I was hoping they were going to play with the string section. I'll, I'll get to it later. Go ahead, Alex. What do you got next? Yeah, yeah, sure. So after different strings, um, next one for me would be Face Up from Roll the Bones. Really? Wow. Yes. I'm actually probably the biggest fan of Face Up on the on this planet. Um, <laughs> the thing with Face Up is that I think I remember like Neil talking about Face Up, saying like he, they had a lot of hope for that song, but for whatever reason, just never materialized into anything. Um, but for me, it's one of my favorites from Roll the Bones. It's like in my top three or four or something like that. Wow! From that yeah. album, it's just really catchy, and it's just ah, I have no idea why they never played that one live. It's it's such a good song. We just got finished discussing Roll the Bones, and Jerry and I both agreed we didn't care for that song too much. Ah. Uh. You know, and I, think, and I think a lot of the reasons why these songs weren't played live is I think the band weren't really fans of the songs in some sure. cases. So I don't know if Face Up's one of those. But well, then the catalog's so deep. Yeah. What are you going to do? I mean, you yeah. got to leave something out. Yeah, that's fair. What do you got next, Alex? All right, next up is uh, Cut to the Chase from Counterparts. That's a, again, it's a top track in a counterpart for me. I really take that track quite a bit. Got a, got a really cool um, life in solo. Oh, great. And, and Jerry and I were just discussing Cut to the Chase. We're in the middle of recording all sorts of podcasts here. Yeah. Did you know that Alex improvised that solo on, on the demo? Yeah, the demo. They used the solo from the demo on the actual song. Interesting. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I did not know that. So he, he loved the emotion of it so much that he said, you know what? It's not going to get better than this. Put it right on the song. <laughs> Is that out there for us to listen to that you know of? Like the either the demo, the original demo track from start to finish? I don't know. Perhaps a different solo? Yeah, Rush never released any of the demo versions of any of their songs. You can find some some demo or earlier versions of songs on YouTube. Oh, really? YouTube. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that one up all of power windows on yeah. YouTube as demo tracks. And really? I imagine they're legitimate. I mean, it, it sounds like Getty. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. uh, I would imagine they're pretty, they're pretty good. Who knows? Maybe they'll, re maybe they'll release it for a 40th anniversary edition for counterparts. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. That'd be cool. Who knows? Uh, you got more for us, Alex? Yes. Yes, I do. And both of these are from vapor trails. Uh, once again, I got to echo, um, stars look down. That is, Probably my favorite track from Vapor Trails. I really dig that song. It's got 
such a lush mystical chorus. It's just so beautiful. Wish they played that one live. And then the other would be um, Out of the Cradle. Nice. Yeah, nice picks. Out of the Cradle is a great song. All right, Ryan, you're up. I'm going to go last. So my go-to would be a motion detector, power windows. Uh, I'm, as I mentioned previously, I'm a huge power windows fan, uh, a motion detector. I'm, I'm really not sure why it never was played live, but I mean, that guitar solo in that song is, is amazing. Uh, and that's just one of my all time favorite rush songs. That would be my top 10 just in general. That's the only song that they didn't play on that tour. They played all of the other seven songs, Motion Detector, they didn't play. Yeah, it's it's a shame. But, I mean, Power Windows from top to bottom is probably, in my opinion, the most, I guess, balanced album uh, in, terms of, in terms of really solid songs. Interesting. So it's tough to, I, mean, I guess it's tough to kind of pick and choose which ones to play live. But, yeah, a Motion Detector would be one. Second Nature would be would be two. That that was the first uh, tour that we saw them on, the Power Windows tour. Man, I would have loved that. I was born in '93, so. Oh yeah. <laughs> a, little, a little late. <laughs> oh man, you were born when Counterparts came out. I was gonna say. So, so what I'm saying is, I could have possibly went to Counterparts, the Counterparts <laughs> tour, as a, as a zero year old. So. You were saying second. You were saying second nature. I think second nature is just a very underrated tune in general not just from hold your fire but uh, in terms of the entire catalog uh, really a big fan of second nature now this isn't going to be on my list but i actually happened i gotta throw this at you guys i actually happen to really like taishan i know i'm the only one jerry's the only one i think who... jerry, yeah i i remember <laughs> listening to uh your hold your fire discussion uh from the earlier podcast were your fists balled up in anger like ah, oh, this guy did you agree with me that Jerry should have actually listened to the song before <laughs> trashing it? Yeah, it's like it's very unique. It's not it's not typical Rush, and I can understand why why Alex and Getty have said in interviews that you know they hate it. I mean, I get it, but I mean it, it's so different, and it's it's just a peaceful tune, and I think that uh, it gets a really bad reputation. The first time I heard it, I I'll be the first to tell you I didn't didn't enjoy it much, and then. I kind of gave it a listen, and I mean, it also doesn't hurt that my wife's name is Shan Shannon. Oh wow! I kind of, I had her in my phone as Ty Shan for a little while as well. So <laughs> that's uh, cool. But uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, that wouldn't be on my list. But I had to, I had to, uh, I had to tell you that you had I to would, twist the knife on Jerry there, right? <laughs> I did. I absolutely had to. <laughs> so available light from Presto. Uh, would be third for me because I this is gonna sound kind of kind of odd but try to stay with me here so I always thought that available light would be uh, live if it was done live it would have been a song that could have been kind of sung along in unison by all rush fans I thought it was always kind of like that Motley Crue home sweet home type of song that everyone would be singing in unison and enjoying as a really good live song yeah that would be uh, great but of course, that never came to fruition, uh, unfortunately. And that guitar solo would, I feel like, would have sounded uh, really good live too, especially in venues that are outdoors, uh, where you can kind of get. Uh, when when I saw Rush at SPAC, uh, Saratoga Springs, La Villa Strangiato, the guitar solo kind of echoed throughout the whole venue because it's an outdoor venue, and 
I know you guys had said that some venues that you've been to that are outdoors, the sound is pretty terrible. But at SPAC, I thought it was great. I thought it was a, a pretty echoey type sound uh, that only added to the experience. But uh, yeah, available light would be three for me. I echo Alex uh, in terms of cuts of the chase from counterparts. I think, I think cuts of the chase would have been really fun to hear on the R30 tour around animate in the set list. So animate was played. Uh, I think like the first five or so songs in the set list. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it would have been pretty cool if we heard cuts of the chase around that in the set and rounding out would probably be, I'm kind of inclined to go with high water from hold your fire, but I'm going to go with out of the cradle because I think out of a cra- out of the cradle is uh that's, it's one of my, one of my favorite songs uh, just from the catalog as well. Uh, I love the phrase endlessly rocking because I think that that's kind of what rush will do. Yeah. Uh, endless, endlessly rock. So um, <laughs> we'll never get tired of them. So the, the interesting thing about my list is every single song on my list was already brought up. Oh, okay. So, so we'll just move on, on to the next. I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what they are. <laughs> Available light is number one on my list. I just think that would have been amazing live. And again, on the Clockwork Angels tour with the strings, I think that would have been a cool thing to have the string section in. Yeah. No? Might also have been good if Getty just played it on his own. Absolutely. What, a little what, piano. You know, yeah, just a piano. Oh, that would have been awesome. Yeah. Can I interrupt you sure, here, Sure, of course. So to that point, uh, so as I mentioned, we're, we do these things called Rush Roundtables, uh, which is basically the admins discuss Rush, uh, a specific topic on Rush. And this is something new that we're kind of putting together, and we want to have guests come on. I think a perfect idea for you guys to come on would be our discussion regarding, we're going to discuss songs that could have potentially been played as acoustic only live by Alex and Getty, similar to the way Resist was done on R30. Oh, oh wow. Uh, I'm down for that. So, All right, we're in. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> going to be a pretty cool discussion because I think there's a lot of songs, Available Light being one of them, that, that could have been done uh, as acoustic-only type songs. So Cool. Wow. All right, so, so number two on my list is Emotion Detector. Again, I mean, like you, Ryan, I love Power Windows. That's the one For song sure. they didn't play on the first show when we saw them. They played everything but, and uh, that's a song I would have loved to have seen them play. Second Nature was on my list also. Another great song from Hold Your Fire. Interesting. Again, I, I'm, I was picturing at the Clockwork Angels tour to see all, when they were doing the string section, I was picturing they're going to do Second Nature. They're going to do Available Light. They're going to do all these cool songs that they could throw the strings in. Yeah. But uh, alas, they did not. Fountain of Lameth. Of course. Of course. <laughs> was on my list. And just to stick it to Jerry, Ty Shan. No, you yes. don't really want them to play Ty Shan. Yes. You do yes, not. Yes, I do. You do not. Yes, I do. All right. I do. And hand over fist. I'm, g- I'm going to throw a sixth one in there. Hand over fist. <laughs> I love hand over fist. <laughs> so so imagine this. Imagine they finish the second set with working man and everyone's waiting for the encore and they come out and Ty Shan plays. Ooh, you would have loved it, Jeff. They uh, played it live. I think you, I think <laughs> oh. you would think differently. I really do. I, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll agree to disagree on that one. I, well, <laughs> well, 
Well, I got one more question for you, Ryan. What's a song that you personally never saw Rush play live, but you wish you had seen them play live? No, that's that's not on this list. Correct. Doesn't have to be on this list. Oh, geez. And I'm sure there's quite a few because you guys only saw six shows, so. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, so they did Hemispheres a part of it. Mm-hmm. So that would be my number one, but they did a part of that song, uh, I believe, on R40. So I, uh, other than that, I would say I would say Lock and Key from Hold Your Fire. Wow. Wow. Very interesting choice. That's a deep cut. Yeah, definitely. Alex, what do you think? They haven't done that in years to begin with, so. Oh, yeah. Alex, what do you think? Yeah. Um, so I never saw Losing It live. Um, I saw them live twice in our 40, and either time, that time they, they played Losing It, and I am bummed out I never got to see Losing It, so that is my top pick. Yeah. Yeah, that was. I mean, we saw them do it twice. They only played it five times, and we were lucky enough to be at two of those shows. I don't know how. Uh, I was so jealous. It was so good. Yeah, it was so good. So good. You'd have such a new appreciation for that song if you were there. I mean, it's just amazing. Let's rub it in a little more. Uh, I'm well. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? Let's get some salt. Uh, Jared, what do you what do you say? You know, I I haven't the slightest idea because every time I think of a song that I would love to hear. It turns out we saw them do it. Uh huh. So I really have no idea. I'm going to say Cinderella Man. Oh, sure. Cinderella Man. Now, they they probably played that on the Farewell to Kings tour, I'm guessing. But we never saw them do that. I would have loved to have seen that song. I, I imagine song. this is a lot harder for you guys than it is for us. Yeah, yeah. There's there's very few <laughs> there's very few songs that they played that we didn't see. And I, I have a couple more on my list. Well, I was going to say that uh, probably something from Grace Under Pressure. Yeah, so the, the other songs I have on my, my list that I didn't see but they did play, The Necromancer, After Image, The Enemy Within, Chemistry, and The Weapon. Chemistry's a fantastic song, too, so... Really love chemistry, so that that would be up there in my list as well. They would have been nice Chem- if they if they played chemistry. the the fear, the fear trilogy. Yeah, in one show, back to back to back. Definitely, because there's three of them. Indeed. <laughs> so Ryan and Alex, uh, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. It's been a great conversation, and thanks so much. No problem at all, guys. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. Again, uh, tell tell us uh, where where people can find you. I'm sure everybody already has found you on Instagram. But just in case uh, there are a few stragglers. Absolutely. It's at Rush fans. All one word, no underscores, no dots, at Rush fans. We've just gained you maybe five more followers. Isn't that cool? <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Appreciate thank it. You. Take care. So, Jerry, I think we accomplished what we set out to accomplish here. I mean, these guys have a completely different perspective on Rush yeah, than we do. I they mean, do. There's still a commonality. There's a common no. There's a commonality for sure. I mean, there's a commonality between all Rush fans, and that's that's Rush. Yeah, but for, I mean, for us to ask, you know, what's the one song you wish you had seen Rush play live, and have right. Ryan say Lock and Key? Yeah, I mean, that's that's amazing to it me. I, amazing. I love Lock and Key. Right. But that's the last thing I thought he would say. Yeah. Which is cool. They were born and bred with the later Rush. Yeah. We course. were born and bred with the '80s Rush. Yeah. And guys older than us were raised on hemispheres, you know? Yeah. So it's it's just cool to just to get a different perspective and see what other Rush fans are thinking. Yeah. Smart guys, too. It's good. I that- mean, so successful with that Rush Instagram page, too. Amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. And, you know, they just like all all Rush, 
right? It's sort of like us. Uh, some of the, maybe some of the uh, earlier fans, you know, they kind of left the fold after Signals, right? But since we came in on the on the heavy synth, right, we can appreciate both directions back and forth. And I think right. the same with uh, them. I mean, think about it. The first album that came out when they were fans was Clockwork Angels. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. So they appreciate every aspect every, of Rush, yeah. which I don't know. I, I almost think that maybe the younger Rush fans are the most well-rounded Rush fans. Is that is that fair to say? I don't know. I think it is. Because, People should let us know if they think that. Yeah, because I'd really like to hear the rushcast at gmail.com email us if you're an older rush fan what did you just hear right there i mean yeah. these are guys that appreciate every aspect of rush yeah every stage yeah do older fans appreciate the new albums as much as I, much yeah i don't know i don't think so right i don't think so you know another thing i wanted to mention jer before we uh, wrap things up here is Primus, Primus is going on tour. Yeah, I'm very um oh so excited. And I'm sure I'm sure most Rush fans already know this, but in case you don't, Primus is going to be doing a farewell to Kings in its entirety on their entire US tour this year. It's incredible. How cool is that? It's gonna be incredible. And the thing I read about it, which is interesting, is this was in the works. This is not a Neil tribute. Yeah. This was in the works before Neil passed away, before Les Claypool even knew that Neil had died. Right. They had asked Getty Lee if they could do this and Getty gave it his blessing and Primus is going to do it. Yeah. They're playing all over the United States. It's going to be incredible. Yeah. It's going to be great. And uh, we're lucky enough to have gotten our tickets already. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our good friend Lex, who does the bass intros for us here on the podcast. He, I guess is in the Primus fan club, right? How else did he get the tickets? I think he said it was like a credit card. Pre-sale. Oh, it was a credit card pre-sale. Right. He wasn't in the Primus fan club. You had to either have a certain credit card right. or be in the Primus fan club to do the pre-sale. He got his great seats in the balcony. Oh, nice. I love balcony seats. Lex, thank you for doing that. Yeah, thank you, Lex. Um, you're and my hero. It's possible when you're hearing this, if you're hearing this on Monday, the 24th of February, tickets just went on sale on the 21st. So if Primus is in your town, you may be able to get tickets still if they're not sold out. Yeah. So check it out. Yeah, I was reading some interviews with Les Claypool because he's been all over the place since the announcement. And somebody asked him about other albums that they've covered. And he mentioned that they covered Animals by Pink Floyd. That would have been cool. So I looked it up and it's on YouTube. Just, the, just the audio. It is fantastic. Oh, yeah? Animals is such an amazing album. Very underrated Pink Floyd album, I mm-hmm. think. It doesn't have any hits on it. It's got like five songs. Right. It's amazing. And I was, I'm worried, I was worried when I first heard that that they were going to be doing, what's it called? A tribute to Kings? Because uh, Les Claypool, it doesn't have the most traditional sounding voice in right. the world. And I don't know if you've ever seen his band's cover of Spirit of Radio for like the Canadian Songwriters Hall of Fame induction. When I, Rush I got did in. not, no. It's, it's the weirdest thing you've ever seen in your life. Not a very good version. Okay. So as soon as I heard that he was going to be covering this, I'm like, mm, maybe it's not going to be so great. But then, then I you listen heard to the animals, and the animals thing is on. And what are the what are the vocals like? Um, well, they're a mix between kind of weird when they have to be weird, and straight ahead when they have to be straight ahead. It, it was amazing. Huh. So now I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. This yeah. is going to be great. So we're seeing them at the Beacon Theater in New yeah. York City. What a great place! Which that is, is a great place to see a show. And if any of our listeners are going to be there, 
Shoot us an email. Let us know. Yeah. Maybe we should do like a, like a meetup or something beforehand. Sure. We'll be set cra- up a would table. Would that be crazy? <laughs> no, no. I mean, I don't know. We could we could go to like a bar beforehand. Yeah. And just have a beer. Sure. And see if any of our listeners show up. And everyone can meet Lex. Everyone can meet Lex. They, they want to meet us too, no? Or just Lex? Probably we'll, we'll just put, Lex. We'll put Lex in front. Probably just Lex. But that'd be cool. So anyway, if you, if you don't have your tickets yet, check it out. Primus, coming to a city near you. The one thing that I'm a little upset about is that we don't live in Toronto because they're playing in Toronto, and I bet you... Getty's going to show up. He's got to, right? I almost want to go to Toronto for that show Let's do just it. in case. Let's go. <laughs> I'm up for that. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. So if you live in Toronto, I would grab those tickets because if Getty's showing up anywhere. He's showing up there. That's where he's showing up. Can you imagine? I can imagine. That's why I thought of it. I imagined it. And there was another. So I went down a little bit of a Les Claypool like rabbit hole thing Mm -hmm. after watching the animals video. And Claypool has a band with Sean Lennon, John Lennon's son. Yeah. Called the claypool lennon delirium the lennon yeah. claypool delirium i have one of their albums it's fantastic and getty came out and sat in with them doing tomorrow never knows yeah and it was also amazing so if getty showed up there that would be great he might show up this time can yeah. you imagine just getty showing up to, to play cinderella man or something yeah how great would that be i can't even there are no, <laughs> i'm speechless if that were to happen but thank god there's going to be a thousand cell phones out so We'll see it even if we don't go there. All right. Well, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Rush Fancast, true. Instagram the Rushcast. Also true. Email us, therushcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks. Join us next time. I don't know what we're going to do on the Rush Fancast next time, but we'll have something else interesting for you, I hope. And Jar, I, I know what you're going to do to me. You're not going to give me a quote, I are don't you? have a quote. You don't have a quote? Come on, just pull one out of air. Come on. Pull one out of the out air? Of thin air. Just pull it out. <laughs> I can't, I, I was not thinking. How, uh, how about how about this? Okay, you're going to do it. I can't pretend a stranger is a long-awaited friend. That's true. Take it easy. Bye.